As far as the Disney classics, though, the Disney classics, I think uh, probably the funniest one is uh, Robin Williams' character in Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah. Genie. That's yeah. legendary. Yeah, yeah I think so. Is. I think so. According to uh, IMDb, anybody want to guess top top Toy Story? Oh, sorry, sorry. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. Toy Story. Toy Story. Toy Story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Coffee, Rants, and All Things Christian with the Parkview Pastors. My name is David Harris, and joining me as always is Daniel Morris, John Seth Sammons, Skylar Teal, and Dr. Michael Tatum. Yeah, change it up. I missed the Teehee, man. Dang it. Oh, Daniel Morris. Teehee. All is well. Teehee. All right. We're, uh, we're going to do two coffees today, only because we were given a coffee that we've been wanting to use. It's... A first for us. This is in a K cup format. So we have a Keurig in the house. That's this Skyler. will be Skyler's favorite for sure. Let's yes. go. So we've got a we got some K cups in the house. It's Angelino's Gourmet Coffee. Um, we all had different ones. Mine's like called the Hawaiian Blend. One of us has Breakfast Blend. Colombian. Colombian and Donut Shop. Donut Shop. But yeah. I have a coffee that is like about to. I couldn't wait two more weeks to introduce this, or else it wouldn't be as good. Like I, I want it to be fresh enough. Black and white coffee has this crazy coffee that they're calling their strawberry lemonade, but it's just uh, coffee. Oh, I've been waiting. To, yeah. I've been wanting to try this. So they say it's going to taste like strawberry, lemon, turbinado sugar, and a crushable. Ooh. I don't even know what that means. Ooh, but we'll try the K-Cups, and then we'll try the strawberry lemonade right. coffee. When you got to put gourmet on the bag or it in the box, gourmet. it ain't gourmet, That's Jack. Right. <laughs> but one sip into this K-Cup, the Hawaiian blend, it is not bad. For a cake up. It's kind of scared. Churches say they're cutting edge. They probably aren't. Exactly. (laughs) We're contemporary, I promise. (laughs) I should have gone with more water for less. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. Did you do it like in the medium? Yeah, Yeah, I did a medium on this one. That's a negative. You already said who this was from? Uh, Quentin Boyle gave this to us. Yes. Thanks, Quentin. Thank you, you, Quentin. Yes. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, Skylar, how oh, coffee does which, your coffee taste? Which blend is yours? How coffee does my coffee taste? Yes. I don't know. Ten. Tastes like coffee? I don't. Mine tastes, tastes right just like all the other ones. That we <laughs> because all a K-cup is, is an automated pour-over. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I'm only, okay. If okay. only this was on yeah. YouTube right now. <laughs> all right, all right. So, okay. I see where you're coming from. I've had a lot of people say this. A lot of people are like, why in the world does a pour-over exist when a coffee pot exists or a curing? It's just because it's like, I don't know, it's like anything else. It's When you do it manually, you have more control, so it just comes out just that 10% better. That's how sure, robots it. can do almost everything better than humans, but not this. Not this. <laughs> That's correct. There you go. Yeah. What was yours? Colombian. Colombian. Oh, see, those are not... I would not. I don't know how much it was a medium roast. I did the breakfast blend and it tastes like a breakfast blend. I'm going to be interested to try it side by side. (laughs) Yep. And I'll compare. All right. I'm going to pour some of this black and white coffee. (laughs) Ooh, a little different. Oh my gosh, the smell. That's amazing. Give that a a whiff. Give that a nice little waft. Definitely a different smell. It's the sound of a waft. What does it smell like, Sky? Well, Let's, what, let's you, what did you say? Like strawberry well, stuff? I'm not going to say. What do you think yeah. it smells like? I can okay. definitely smell the strawberry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Without it's a strong. Doubt. It's and not like a not like an ice lemonade smell. type of thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's so wild, dude. I don't know how they do this. For they me, don't this- do anything to the coffee after it's grown. And it smells like this. So that thing I just said about how this coffee was grown and nothing was done to it to make it taste the way it does, that was just a lot of hot garbage. On the black and white coffee roasters website, it says that this coffee is made up of two different coffees, and each of them were co-fermented with fruit. One of them was co-fermented with lemon peel, and the other was co-fermented with a mother culture of microorganisms, which have been feasting on strawberries for four days. That's really wild to me. I was, uh, I don't know what I was talking about. So, back to the episode. But it's two different coffees, both from Colombia, though, just for what it's worth. Well, that is very interesting. It's very good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. The smell is really intriguing. I think I think I can taste this. It's more strawberry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I think too. This is the clearest smell, right, of any coffee. Like, 
it's it's very clear what the tasting different. is. Yeah. Yes. Tanya said the same thing oh when she's not. She's like, this is the first time I've actually smelled a fruit in a coffee. And you say they don't do anything uh, oh, different in the in the processing? No, it's well they like I said, hot garbage. Man, that's really good. It's crazy. I, that is good. Really I hope good. they bring that back, dude. That is uh that is really smooth. There's no bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, the aroma is fantastic. I agree. And it would uh it would not pair, I don't think, well with a creamer. No. I think I think no. just the way it is 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 perfect. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah. So shout out to Angelino's gourmet cake ups for for a curate cup. It's pretty good. But black and white hit it out of the park. This beat out methodical for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. I actually That was my favorite one we've tried though. And this one definitely is not my favorite. Is that because this is did you make it the other day? Did you make it like this? The same way? Is yes, I did okay. actually. Is this roasted? The same way that methodical is roasted? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I can I can see I can taste similarities right. in that. Mm-hmm. It's just it's that just so this is this has a sweet flavor to it where methodical was not as sweet. Right. Me. Right. You compared so, it to like a vinegar yeah, type of thing. Yeah, it yeah. was more of a, a has some kind of a tang to it, while this is a little bit mm-hmm. sweeter. Yep, I agree. This is actually, uh, now that you've all said what you think, this is actually my number one favorite coffee now. It, like, took my number one spot. So so this is a blend of two of Black and White's other That's coffees. correct. That's interesting. Yep. One was grown to taste like strawberry. The other was grown to taste like lemon Lemon. or lemonade. Okay, okay. Co-fermented with fruit. Well, roasted. Quentin told me for a while that he was going to buy some of this coffee for us, and he finally got to us. So thank you, Quentin, for bringing Angelino's Gourmet Cake Ups. Thanks, Mr. Q. Bant, 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 bant. All right, we've got two banter. questions today. The first one is not much of a banter, banter topic. Okay. okay, too much. Okay. Too much. <laughs> too much. Sorry. All right, we've got a couple of banter questions for today. We'll start with one that's a little bit less funny. What's the first book you read? This is going to be lame. Yes, I know. <laughs> but question, what's the first book you read that started your love for reading? A Tale of Two Cities. Who's the author of that? I don't know. I don't, I've never heard of that book. <laughs> Augustine? Actually, let me let me back up. Probably um, Catcher in the Rye by uh, J.D. Sollinger. Hmm. Book that I read. The Magic Treehouse edition number one. I used to read those. Dickens was the author of Tale of Two Cities. Oh, okay. I think. The monster at the end of this book. Starring lovable furry old Grover. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's like Sesame Street, right? Indeed. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I remember Hardy Boys growing up. I read some good series. Yeah, those yeah. were good. I read, like, what did you say, Magic Treehouse? I read some of those, but the first book that I read that I was genuinely like could not put down was the first Harry Potter book, Sorcerer's Stone. The first book that I could not put down, you'll like this, is uh, was Holes. Oh, oh wow. wow. Dang it up, Holes Day. Dig it up, up holes. Ow! Could we uh, could we cut that also? <laughs> or hear me out. I add what was in the last podcast right. back into that. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I I enjoy. I think that's when I I first realized that I liked storytelling. Mm-hmm. I like to read uh, a storyline, and so yeah, um, A Tale of Two Cities by Dickens, um, Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Sollinger. Uh, th- those were high school type type of books that I had to read. But then I also got, I got into uh, two authors uh, early on, uh, Stephen King uh, and some of his, his horror stuff. It was probably the most frightening experience I've ever had, whether uh, over any movie or any other book, it was terrifying in, in reading form. And then uh, Tom Clancy, I I really enjoyed uh, the the storylines of Tom Clancy. Yeah. So I wished that I would have gotten into some of the some of the ones that you guys kind of talk about the the Harry Potter series and, mm-hmm. and reading those, but I was that, that was already I was already away from just reading novels yeah. for the sake of reading novels and, yeah. and stories and fiction. So I started reading pretty um, young, and so I read the Magic Treehouse book. I read in kindergarten, and I remember being like, "Okay, this is it. Like, hmm. I'm going to be a reader." 
And I was for a long time. I got into high school and was kind of like fell off because it wasn't cool to read. So I stopped. And then yeah. again in college, I picked it back up. But yeah, I, I was always my my strong. I was always stronger in math and science, and so um, English I could you know kind of take it or leave it. And that's where that's where they developed a lot of reading. And yeah. you had to read stuff, and it's yeah. like when you when you force <laughs> me to have to do something like yeah. that, then it's just not yeah. it's just not going to fly. But wow. um, but I do remember reading some of those classics, and and in in hindsight, yeah. especially looking back, I I enjoyed them. The Hatchet yeah. was one for me that was like oh that's a really good story. Mm-hmm. There's one called Tangerine. Um, that I read in like third grade, I think. Um, so I don't remember reading anything back amazing. that long ago. Really? No. I think Shelly still reads The Hatchet with her kids in third yeah. grade now. The yeah. Hatchet. That's what, the Hatchet. Was, Hardy Boys. Those were some of like The Giver is another one. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The Giver. Nancy Drew. It's, it's funny you said Holes because we actually, before the movie came out, we we didn't read the book, but we listened to it. We were on a trip and we had picked up the audio book. Oh, really? Holes. That has had, an awesome audio it, book. It really was good. And, and mm-hmm. so we really enjoyed it. Again, it's, it's yeah. a matter of the story. I yeah. love, I love yeah. to hear, I love to hear a good story. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. movies that have a good storyline to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so mm-hmm. a, if a book, and that's why I think some of the classics help to kill a mockingbird. That classic. book is phenomenal. You know, uh, yeah. I love that. Just book. really good. Good. Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. There's another one for me that I really I loved. That What's the one about the cannibal kids on the island? Lord of the Flies. Lord of the, the Flies. flies. Yeah. That book blew my mind. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's a series. really, really good insight, by the way, into human nature. You want to you want to talk about the the yeah. natural state of humanity? You put a bunch of kids on an island and see how that fleshes itself out. Yeah. Hmm. And you, you can't argue for the innocence of of uh, childhood. Yeah. Uh, in that case. I had two really old prints. Uh, it was a two-volume set of the complete works of Sherlock Holmes that I read through. That's and unfortunately, awesome. I don't know where they where they've that's gone. So cool. I have replaced it yeah, with a newer yeah, one-volume. That's, that's set. what I have. Um, I but have but the Sherlock Holmes stories are, are fantastic. Yeah, those so have been on my list for a while. I need to read those. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, those are good. so cool. But, and some of them are short enough where you could actually read them, and and probably uh, uh, your girls may be getting old enough to to be able to follow. Some of the shorter shorter storylines there. Maybe after Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Shout out to Emma Morris for consistently being faster at reading through books than me. Because I'm reading Lord of the Rings right now, too. And every time I talk to Daniel about where Emma's at, she's like way ahead of me. Way ahead of me. So, yeah. Way to go, Emma. Spoilers. Last night, uh, right before bed, uh, Gandalf fell into the pit with the Balrog. No. Bad idea, apparently. <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't have been. The night there. did not go well. There. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, second question: There's this new concept called esports. Should video games be considered a sport? No, they should not, and neither should video game players be called athletes. <laughs> I agree completely. What? What is that? What is an e? What's what are esports? Electronic sports. You've not seen esports? No. Ninja. It's amazing what people will watch if they put something on cable. I've watched it. It's competitive video gaming. Yeah. And Isn't there an ESPN? People make a lot of money mm-hmm. off of it. Yeah. I've seen it. I mean, TNT or TBS or one of those had had a whole season. I think it's of, TBS of something where they're like racing uh, drones. Yeah. Or or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. FIFA is big in esports. Like professional clubs sign people. To be their esport player to play FIFA in FIFA tournaments. Mm. Would you watch it? Of course. <laughs> you would watch someone else play FIFA? Of course. I would not. Because it's pretty incredible <laughs> how they can play. I don't know that I've ever been able to get into esports stuff. No, me neither. And I don't think it should be consp- considered a sport. So. No. I'll tell you, like, even like beyond the realm of esports, though, like video game streaming, people are making ridiculous amounts of money off that. Is well now, which doesn't new, make any sense at all. The new like, VR stuff, playing like football and that type of stuff, not that'd be bright. That'd be kind of that would fun. be cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Twenty twenty two Ninja. He's like one of the most popular Fortnite players ever. It's not just Fortnite. Like he's he's an e or a gamer. He is worth as of last year forty million dollars. He just plays video games. Just plays video games and, and streams. That's them. so crazy to me. I don't understand. That's the that world man. we live in. You ask a little kid. Third grader, third grade boy. What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, yeah. About 50% of the time, you know what they're saying? Gamer. <laughs> In a way, I'm kind of like, 
good for you. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, what kind of world do I live in where someone that plays video games all day gets that much money? All right, we'll move into our new series we're starting today. We want to take a few weeks to talk about some different cultural issues. Uh, we know that these topics can seem to be divisive sometimes. That's not our intention with this at all. We just think it's important to talk about um, just different things going on in our world. How do we interpret some of the things that go on in our world? And so a great way to start that for our first uh, first week is the topic of a worldview. But we're going to talk today about what a worldview is, how should our worldviews be formed as Christians, and why does a worldview even matter in the first place? And so let's talk about that for a minute. What is a worldview? If someone's maybe only heard that word very scarcely or maybe never has heard of that, how would you explain what that is? Yeah, very profound, the way we view the world, the the way we view culture or society around us. Um, if you were to do a, sum, a simple Google search, it defines it uh, a particular philosophy of life or conception of the world. Um, so the way that we uh, interpret our culture, the way that we view our culture around us and society, so simply the way that we view the world. Yeah, I, I think our our philo- it, it it it's like a, a philosophy of of uh, how the world around you is perceived. Um, so it's it's how we perceive the world, and then how we respond and react. Uh, to those perceptions mm-hmm. is how is it's kind of the definition that we'll be be working with you know um because there are probably you know categories of worldview um uh, in in the broader scheme of things but when we talk about worldview it's it's what we see in front of us and how what we see in front of us um uh not necessarily dictates but um uh, f- uh forces our our choices and our reactions to, to the things that are going on around us. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think it's, it's, it's important to, to know that we all uh, have some form of worldview. We, right. we all see the world a certain way. We all, and, and that worldview is not formed in a vacuum. Uh, we are all influenced by something. So there, there are folks that will argue that, that it's not really a, that worldview is a, a bad choice of words because really all you're doing is you're, you're not, you're not, de- you don't develop a worldview. You, you see the, the world through the lens of all of the influences that have impacted your life over the years. Um, but to me, that is a worldview, right? B- because yeah. every worldview is developed that way. Nobody, nobody develops their, their way of seeing the world and their way of responding to the things in the world in a vacuum. We are all influenced by something. And mm-hmm. so, and there's, so every worldview is going to have a certain level of uh, personal bias. Uh, every worldview is going to have a certain level of, of uh, cultural influence, uh, familial influence, and uh, and all of those things, and so w- we need to admit up front that we these ideas that we have and some of the responses that we we engage in are not just our own; they are the result of other influences on us. Um, and, and I think that's where that's where some of these these topics get so divisive and so controversial um, is because we. You know, we want to think that we've thought of this on our on our own, that we're not being influenced by somebody else when, in fact, we are being influenced by somebody else. Um, and, you know, some people's worldview is influenced by Fox News. Other people's worldviews are influenced by MSNBC. And each of them want to claim that they are independent thinkers uh, when, in fact, all of the thoughts that are being processed out there are being influenced by by one or more one or more things. Um, so. So the the key for us as followers of Jesus and as citizens of the kingdom is to to know that that the way we perceive the world is influenced by our culture and by our family and by our upbringing and by our nature and by our nurture and all those other things. But but our goal, I think, should should be to have our worldview influenced mostly by the scriptures, right? Amen. Uh, that's that's where that's our. I think our our long term goal is to is to have developed and be able to implement a, what we would call a biblical worldview, a worldview that sees everything in this world through the lens of scripture. Now, I need to qualify that because we're talking about philosophy. You you have to qualify everything. Um, even when we say we're developing a biblical worldview, that we are going to try to process the world around us through the lens of scripture. We also have to admit that our understanding and interpretation of scripture has been influenced and developed by 
external forces as well. Um, so our denominational upbringing, our, um, uh, our exposure to scripture at different ages and in different denominations and in, in uh, different levels, right. all of that is going to influence our, sure. even our biblical worldview as well. So, so we just need to be able to admit that. So we don't, and, and the reason I say that is so that we don't take offense when somebody has maybe a, a slightly different take on something that we're trying to process. Yeah. And, and what happens is everybody just wants to just like two rams just butting heads as if theirs is the only correct worldview or correct way of understanding or interpreting something when, when in many cases it, it's not. Yeah. In, in many cases we have to, through a biblical worldview, we end up learning how to show how to, how to stand for biblical convictions, what we yeah. believe to be biblical, biblical convictions, but also to be able to demonstrate and show in a tangible way, biblical grace. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that one of the, one of our goals in this series of a worldview or cultural topics, even the, amongst the five of us is like, we want to demonstrate how to have healthy conversations around these topics um, because there might be things that we would agree upon and there might be things that we disagree upon, but we can disagree well on some of these things um, with the end goal that all of us are running to God's word for our thinking through these things. Um, and that's the goal. I mean, just because you might see something a little bit differently than, than someone else doesn't mean you automatically cancel them. I mean, we already talked about that in a right. previous podcast. That's just the natural tendency of our culture today of, that I don't disagree with them or I don't disagree with that person who said it makes a big difference as well to people. Um, then not to just to cancel them right away, but, to, um, again, our goal as believers, as followers of Christ is to run to God's word for our thinking through, um, every circumstance or situation, the second uh, Corinthians 10, five, taking every captive, uh, every thought captive to obey Christ is what comes to mind when I think about these things is I want to take every thought that I have and make it captive to the word of God and uh, let Christ, um, let the word of Christ dwell in me richly so that I might be able to interpret the things that I see. Let myself meditate on God's word so richly that the things around me, I can view the world in a way that is closer in line to what God would say. Now we're not going to get everything right. Um, but the more that we run to God's word for our worldview, the way that we think through things is going to be, we're going to be better for it and more in line with Christ in those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think even, I think this should be taught younger and younger because for our students, for example, we do Q and A with the pastors. The reason why I wanted us to be able to do that is because our students are getting their worldview formed by TikTok. And this gives them an avenue to cipher through with the pastors what they're seeing and what, what's trying to form them. And the goal of, of having something like the Q&A is to be able to help them think through what worldview is um, and to, to help them shape their worldview, like you're saying, with God's word. And I think the the younger we start teaching, you know, what a mm-hmm. worldview is and how do we engage with the worldview is it's so helpful. Yeah. I learned what worldview was when I was in college. Yeah. And and I think that like I hate that that it took me that long to learn what a worldview was. Now obviously we act in the worldview. We live in the worldview that we have, but I didn't have terms for it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't I didn't know any of that. And I would have been better off if I would have learned what a worldview is and how a Christian worldview or a biblical worldview should be seen and how I should be seeing these things. Um, and so it's just, I just have a, it's not a passion, but it's just kind of a conviction now to have an element within student ministry that does help to shape worldview outside of the sermon or uh, life group. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that that, that does that. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, a, a lot of research has shown that a lot of our worldview is, is, is pretty firm by our teenage years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important for us to have our kids in the word and, yeah. uh, and in the church, in a, in a church specifically that, that is teaching the word. So, um, so that that can be yeah. a major factor in shaping their faith. And also like for parents, um, 
especially your kids are, are listening to you, but they're also watching you. Yeah. So seeing consistency mm. in the way that you live out your Christian faith is going to be just vitally important to the Amen. way that, uh, that, that they develop their Christian worldview, even before they have those words to, you know, to realize what, what, what you're doing, what we're trying to do for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's important. And I think you hit the nail on the head too, Scott, bringing up, let the word of the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Um, there's even people that will say they have a biblical worldview and they use the scripture out of context to push a worldview that's actually not biblical. And I was thinking, maybe you guys can speak to this too. I think when you get saved and the Holy Spirit lives within you, that changes your worldview too. Because I think there are people that maybe cultural Christians or, or people that say they're Christians that say they read their Bible, um, that aren't safe, that don't have the Holy Spirit, that say they have a biblical worldview, but it's miscued and they're using it to push certain things. I think of something that we'll talk about in a few weeks. Um, and I don't want to get too far into that now, but, uh, some people I've even seen use the Bible to talk about how God has like chosen America and like America is like a chosen nation and like uh, his blessings and favor are over us and, and things like that. Um, using scripture out of context to, to push these things. Um, and in the name of biblical worldview. And I, I just, not, not just that, but, um, seeing different cultural issues with a completely unbiblical or a mis misconstrued biblical worldview. What do you, what's the difference between truly like a whole, depending on the Holy spirit, let the word of God dwelling in you. How does that look thinking about cultural issues versus an unbiblical or like maybe a different religion or like an atheist? What, what, what are some of the differences that you guys would see or flesh out? Well, I think that's kind of hard to to spot sometimes because our uh, political parties, both of them, have have uh, have done a very good job of like co opting a lot of the language right. uh, mm -hmm. that we would use surrounding a biblical worldview. So that's one of the things that I really hope will be helpful in our discussions over these next few weeks is kind of separating what you know when we as we talk about these issues, pointing out what what is uh, what what a, a true Christian biblical worldview would have us uh, think about these things and, and how it would have us react to these things um, as opposed to what we may see in, in media. Yeah. I, I think too, it's helpful to, to distinguish. Uh, now we're going to probably use these things interchangeably because we already have, but, but I do think that there is a difference uh, between a, 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 a Christian worldview and a biblical worldview. Um, yeah. Not there shouldn't be, but I think that there, one has developed, um, uh, because, because a, and again, we're going to use those terms interchangeably. So that when we say Christian worldview or biblical worldview, we're meaning the same thing. We want to see the world through the lens of scripture, but, but there have been so-called Christian worldviews throughout history that have not necessarily been, uh, uh, seen the world through the lens of scripture. They've right. seen the world through the lens of church tradition or, or, or some, some other authority other than the word of God. Right. And so, so you have, you know, you have the, the Henry the eighth, the King of England, the defender of the faith in what would, they would consider uh, operating in a Christian worldview that would take them into foreign lands in the name of God, leading God's armies to conquer in a physical and tangible way and spread the kingdom of God. And, and, and so th those are, those are the results of, of Christian worldviews that are not necessarily biblical worldviews. Right. It's the mm -hmm. spread of, of Christianity in a way that, that may or may not be described yeah. uh, in, in the scripture. Yeah, so, so we make that distinction. And, and also I think we make that distinction because sometimes we confuse a, Christian or a biblical worldview with a Christian value yes. worldview. Yes. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so we have, we have this idea that, that, uh, you know, for instance, America was founded on Judeo Christian values. So the, the logic goes, and if we embrace Judeo Christian values, then we must be Christians because we're operating out of a Christian worldview. Um, but that may not be the case. Right. You can operate out of a Christian worldview and still not be a Christian or a believer in Jesus yeah, Christ. Right. Um, and so there, there are some distinctions that we need to make as we work through this and they're not easy. <laughs> They're, they're not easy to always work through. Right. Um, because we're, because we're so, um, because we're so influenced by other outside forces in the development of our worldview, uh, we don't like it when that's challenged, and uh, and so that that's why that's why it, it, it's it's going to be interesting 
working through some of these topics, knowing um, that that if we come from just a a, a purely you know socio political Christian type of worldview, what that looks like against a, a purely biblical worldview, where the commonalities are, where the differences are, right. and what the nuances are as we think through some of those things. Which again, in our world, nuance is is foreign. Yes, that, that's a good word. A nuance is uh, is almost. Um, uh, evil, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to be, because we want to paint our worldviews with such broad brushes that there's no room for th- thought in them without just being labeled something that you may or may not be mm-hmm. and labeling people that you've never met and have never known. Um, and, and so, so I, I think that those distinctions are going to be, we'll, we'll bring those up from time to time. I just, I just want us to realize that, that we're going to use, just in the in the course of conversation, we'll probably use Christian and biblical worldviews uh, interchangeably. But I think that there there is a difference, and we may there may be some times when we bring that those differences to to the to the forefront of our conversation. Absolutely, yeah. I think that is an important distinction for sure. It's the same way, like that Christian seeing the difference between a Christian worldview and a biblical worldview is it it bring or like it births Christian worldviews like being a Christian and owning slaves. Yeah. And like that, they saw the world through a lens that they would call Christian worldview. Right. But at the same time, like they owned people. Right. And right. that, like, I, I've never put those two together. Right. That is a, I love how you put that. And use the, used Ephesians to domineer over their sales, yes. literally. And yes. if they had just kept reading, they would have seen how wrong that is. But yeah. Right. Exactly and you, right. and you look back in history and you see despots and you see abusive kings and yeah. you see yeah. the, the Hitlers of the world, um, claiming, um, claiming through nationality and through their national churches a Christian Jeez. worldview in yes. in in uh, in defense of their actions, and so so that that's why I think we just we just you know that's why it's so tough to think through because yeah. because here's the bottom line you know we we live in a divided nation we're not going to deny that we, there are people that think differently and and they're at opposite ends of the scale but but what they're doing is they're hurling the same insults at each other yes um, as if as if you know, one, you know, depending on which side you're on, both sides can fit the labels. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that's why I think, I, I think in a, in a biblical worldview, we're, we're going to be able to navigate. We should be able to navigate our way through that in such a way that, that helps people recognize that we understand that we are just pilgrims in this place, yeah. that we are sojourners, Amen. that yeah. this world is not our home. Amen. And we are going to live for the glory of Christ and his kingdom uh, in the ongoing presence and power of the Holy Spirit um, in, in such a way that will invite as many people who will, will hear and will listen and respond to come with us as we, as we look forward to enjoying our citizenship in heaven. Mm, you know, yeah. and so that, that's kind of and where that's, that's the point of a biblical worldview, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's not, yes. it's not to make the right political choices or, or to raise your family the right way. It's to follow Christ. It's to, yeah. Yeah. it's right. to Amen. reflect the nature and character of God that we see in the Bible. Right? Yeah. And, and we've made, we've made Absolutely. distinctions like that before with regard to our children. Do we want to bring our children up in the church or do we want to bring our children up in Christ? Absolutely. Now that there should be some very close sure. correlation there. Yeah. But but we've all seen good church kids yeah. that have no interest in yeah. the things of Christ wow. in, in teen and adult years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we brought them up to behave in church and, and to say the right things and to participate in the rites of passage in a way that yeah. would be pleasing to their parents. Yeah. But they live totally and completely foreign from, from anything that has mm-hmm. to do with God. Yeah. Well, That's and, good. you know, you wish that we didn't have to make that distinction. Right. But I don't want to use Christian worldview now because— I'm convinced that it's like, honestly, (laughs) like if I were to say that there are people that disagree with me on things Mm -hmm. that would claim that they're using a Christian worldview where I think what they're saying is actually anti-Christian and they're, and so like that biblical worldview, I love that distinction because yeah. You don't. You wish you didn't have to, right. but it's the same way with the raising your kids in church. Right. You wish you didn't have to say, you know, raise your kids in Christ. You like yeah. it should be right. raise your sure. kids in church right. when you mean raise your kids in Christ, but that's not right. the case. And yeah, we want to Western be able to use America, those like, interchangeably, but we can't. Yeah, exactly. In the Western world, right. you can't do that. Yeah. 
And, and again, I, I do think, uh, and, and and we'll have to, you know, we'll have to acknowledge along the way that that there are, uh, even within the context of a biblical worldview, there are going to be some folks who will emphasize certain yeah. aspects of the scripture, sure. while others will emphasize other aspects of the scripture. Yeah. Um, and and we'll have to know, uh, and and this this is why uh, this is why I say our world and 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 Christendom in general has lost so much of the 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 grace or yeah. the love that that Paul talked about in First Corinthians thirteen we've lost yeah. so much of that because we we want to just be so right yeah um, because we want to own the other you know we want to own the truth mm-hmm. and and the, the bottom line is we're we're trying to we're trying to live out spiritual concepts in a finite and temporal world so we're going to live in a tension between the extremes of these interpretations yeah and so we've got to be able to give grace where we can without Again, without compromising our convictions, when it comes, yeah. when it comes, when we start talking about the sanctity of life, we're going to be very strong in our convictions about how sacred life is. But we're going to do that from a, what I hope, from a biblical perspective that takes us all the way back from creation to the cross and, and be able to understand why we believe yeah. life is sacred and why we believe certain things. And then we recognize that, that, that uh, what we believe is a biblical worldview is going to attach itself to, to that. So I think that this is why, why I love these conversations in this context and why I really want this to be a, a helpful model for our church because um, we should look different than the world. The world can have these conversations and it is divisive. We should be able to have healthy conversations around cultural topics and not cancel one another. And so, and be able to talk. I mean, how, how else are we going to figure these things out? I mean, we can, this helpful and healthy conversations should be able to happen. Unfortunately, we're scared to have the conversations because we're afraid of somebody else disagreeing with us and then the, they're gone or right. something like that. Or they'll uh, not be friends with us or something like that right. or all of those things. Like we've got to be different and mm-hmm. be able to, we're all working through this together. Um, and so we got to think through these things in a helpful way. That's that's why we live out church and community. Right. Um, yeah. We can't be afraid of some of these topics mm-hmm. we've we've done it for too long i think and so i think we we've got to come and and the basis of it all is we've already said it is a biblical worldview it's in it's in the term the basis the source of it all is the bible it's not other sources it's not it's not other places or other news sources it's god's word that we should be looking to to have these healthy conversations around yeah and i think ultimately if these conversations do divide us as christians it's revealing that maybe we're not uniting around the gospel and the cross we're uniting around other things right and so yeah we got to make sure that foundation of why are we to, why do we stand together is there so that when we do we don't divide so, yeah and on some of these it'll i think it'll be helpful to see how um other faithful Christians even in history have, have looked at these issues a little bit differently than we do. Sure. Yeah. Even when we disagree sure. with, with those, I, th- I think it can be helpful to see that, yeah. right. that, you know, we don't necessarily have the, uh, have the market on uh, biblical yeah. interpretation, interpretation. Right. right. Yeah. Well, you know, c- controversy and conflict is not foreign <laughs> uh, to even, even the early church. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we get that. Um, uh, for me, Acts 15 is, is one of those defining moments in, in Christendom, in, in Christianity. And, and it even says in verse 1, Certain men came down from Judea and taught brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. So they have this concept of salvation. They understand um, the work of Christ. These are believers in Jesus, but they're, but they're saying that there are certain things that have to be fulfilled in order for that salvation to actually take effect and to be applied. Um, but and it says, therefore, in verse two, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, so so they're they're defending their faith, they're defending what they believe. The others are are defending what what they believe, um, and there is a dispute there, and 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 they get that. And so, but this is what they did: they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So so here's the thing: you've got two sides. Talking about salvation, talking about the work of Christ, 
Then, then, and one side trying to pull in something from their, their past, from their tradition. The other side saying, no, that's not necessary, at least for the Gentile believers, uh, to, to have that imposed on them. Uh, and then what did they do? They didn't cancel each other. Um, they went to a place that they both agreed was authoritative. They, they went to the apostles. They went to Jerusalem to see what the apostles would say about that. Now, we don't have a council of apostles, but I would submit that we have something better. Uh, we have the word of God preserved for us. And, and so when we have these dissensions or these disputes, it's not, it's not a cause to cancel one another and stop talking to each other. Instead, let's go to the place that we all agree mm-hmm. is authoritative. Right. Um, and at it's least good. let's start there. Yeah, that is really good. And, and so, so, and that's, so that's what they did. And the Jerusalem council went and I would love, you know, we talked a while back about uh, guests you would like to have on the podcast from the, from the Bible. Um, and, and I would love to have, uh, James, uh, you, you know, when, when he sat in on this council and, um, and then I, I would love to hear how vitriolic it may or may not have been. We, we don't know. But I'm pretty sure that Paul was going to be passionate about his views of salvation. I, I mean, so. he wrote so much of the New Testament sure. and defined his soteriology. What was for it? Us. No small dissension. No yeah. small. Yeah, that's right. And and so, but but then you've got you know, and and Paul at one time called out Peter for right. for right. for some of the things that Peter was doing in in the in the name of Christ that Peter was thought he was you know protecting some reputation or protecting some. And, and so Paul and Peter had their disputes. Paul and and Mark. Have their just, I mean, Paul seems to be a common denominator in all of these things. Uh, but, um, but, but again, my, my point is, is, is that Christians have been arguing over things, um, sure. e- ever since Christendom began. Yeah. B- but we found ways to work through, uh, work through the truth of scripture, uh, in such a way that we could come up that, that we can, we can have, uh, in, in orthodox, what we believe to be an orthodox set of beliefs, a set of truths that are common to all, to, to all of those who would claim Christ as Savior, to all of those who would actually be converted, um, and yet still have some secondary and tertiary issues that 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 we may disagree in interpretation on, but be able to show grace in. Um, and now, now here's the problem in 21st century. Western Christianity is that we can't even agree on what the secondary and tertiary issues are. We have some who are wanting to make those, those second and third tier issues. They're wanting to make them primary issues. And I think when we begin to do that, uh, that's when we begin to have these, uh, these conflicts that are unresolvable. Um, uh, and so, so hopefully we'll be able to work through some of that again. And also, also, uh, there is a difference between something that is moral and something that is political. And, and we do live in a world that takes moral issues and weaponizes it for political purposes. Yeah, sure. So we're going to have to wade through that and and discuss some of the nuance in that as it relates to the scripture and as it relates. Uh, we're none of us are public policy experts, but we certainly have to do our best to try to wade through some some of that how it relates to public policy and what our what our what our worldview is going to to be um, our reaction to those things in the public forum. As believers of Jesus Christ, yeah. what, what's going to be acceptable, what's going to be unacceptable, and that that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Really, to me, the only thing that we haven't really well, we have talked about it a lot. Um, but one of the reasons I think of answering this question, why does the worldview matter? Um, I would, I think, you could argue that worldview affects everything about your life uh, because you use it every day, even if you don't think you do. Uh, just something that comes to my mind when I think about this, and I could be wrong. I feel like ninety nine percent of the time, worldview is like a passive thing. I almost think of it as like a subconscious mind thing. It's like white noise. It's like white noise. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, it's just, I don't know. It's just the thing that drives you in your everyday life. And I was thinking that as a Christian, when you're trying to develop a biblical worldview instead of, instead of an unbiblical one, right. it almost is taking it from passive to active. And I think, mm. uh, in order for the word of Christ to dwell on you richly, good. that's why, that's why we, lately we've been putting such an emphasis on memorizing scripture and, yeah. uh, Get in the word until the word gets into you, like uh, Rob Gallaty says. I'm thinking of these things because 99% of the time, again, we we go to our phones, we go to media, we go to our friends and all that stuff. And so if a good thing in our life happens or if a bad thing happens, it's it's kind of like filtered through our worldview. And if it's most of our time is not spent in the word of God, 
then we're, we might say we might be saved. We may have the Holy spirit, but we may be processing these things that happen in our lives through an unbiblical world without even thinking about it. That's interesting, David. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's a good, a good word that, that so much of what we've, that of what we take in and what we process is passive. Right. And and we need to take, and I think developing a worldview is an active thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, My line goes to Colossians three, um, Colossians three, verse one, uh, where, where it says, um, to set your mind mm-hmm. on things, things above, above. Yeah. um, I'll, which is a very active right, thing. Yeah. Right. Um, if then you have been raised with Christ. So if you are a Christian, if yeah. you have been converted, if you have identified in his death, burial and his yeah. resurrection, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Um, and so what we try to do is develop our worldview. Sometimes we try to develop our worldview horizontally, um, just by the, the political and cultural influences around us. And we're not, we're not developing mm. our worldview by setting our mind on things. Yeah. We need to run everything through the above, sure. <laughs> you know, beforehand, um, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And so that is a very active, yeah. that is an active approach to developing these things. I, I think that's, that's a, a, that's a good, uh, a good word as far as active and passive yeah, there. Yeah. Helpful and thought. I'm also thinking like the thing you bring up often about you, your perspective is that you're just a sojourner here. I think that has been engraved, ingrained into your subconscious mind over years and years of you mm-hmm. reminding yourself of that. I think again, yeah. we're prone to wonder. So naturally we think everything on this earth and the horizontal things matter so much until we remind ourselves. And so mm. where I'm only 23, I'm trying to remind myself of these things. I'm trying to get in God's word more and more so that by the time I am 40 or 50, my worldview has been, is a lot yeah. more biblical then than it is now. Sure. Amen. If that, if that Amen. makes sense. And right. so yeah. like, yeah, just, yep. well, yeah. In the way that we set our mind on things above, like I just think about all of these, our theology, our, our how we view God rightly determines well how we view the world rightly. Yeah, uh, I mean Paul, Absolutely. right? All of the all of Paul's letters. I mean, it's like he has. I mean, Ephesians is three chapters of of theology, mm-hmm. and then he says, okay, in light of that, right now that you have a right view of God, this is how to live. This yeah. is how you view the world. This yeah. is how you uh, how you live. Uh, how your your ethic is lived out worldview our way that we view the world determines how we right. uh determines our ethic what we truly believe about god determines how we live we become like what we worship so if we are worshiping other things horizontally then our worldview might be a little jacked up but if right. we're if our view of god is right then our worldview will be ter- might be determined a little bit more rightly and and the and the idea is to get it just is to not just let that be a something that settles in our mind but actually is played out in our actions yeah. like like you yeah. said the first three chapters of ephesians are solid doctrine yeah then then that because of that doctrine walk in unity yeah walk, walk in, in love walk in wisdom walk i mean in just the spirit. submit yeah. to one another exactly uh, give grace to one another all of those things yes. come out of that out of yes. that. Yeah. And so it, 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 it's a worldview that's not just a worldview should not just be relegated to a classroom discussion or yeah. uh, a, an activity of the mind. Yeah. It should be the intent of it is to be able to live for the glory of Christ in his kingdom in such a way yeah. that makes his kingdom more attractive than any of the other things that are, that are forming the worldviews yeah. of yep. other people around yeah. us. Yeah. Right. Knowledge leads to right living. Right. Yeah. That's something we've said in our Colossians series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, maybe we can end with this. Uh, I was thinking throughout this whole discussion, we started our doctrine series with the question, what is doctrine? Why is it important? And we said a lot of the sim- some similar things. Yeah. Like, even yeah. if you don't think yeah. you have doctrine, yeah. you have doctrine yeah. and yeah. doctrine affects everything about your life. Even. So yeah. what are, is there, what's the difference between doctrine and worldview to you guys? What are some, they, they're very similar in describing them in a lot of ways, but how would you describe some differences? Well, a big, a big aspect of our worldview is our beliefs. Sure. It's like it's beliefs and experiences and, and values. And I think all of those, the, the beliefs and the values at least are, are very closely tied to our doctrine. So, um, you know, as, as we're developing a biblical worldview is it's, we're, we're not looking for a checklist where we can, where we can, okay, believe the right thing about this. Okay. Let's believe the right thing about this. Um, it's, Understand, like Skyler said, understanding God and, and who He is and His nature and His character is going to speak very deeply into how we how we view and how we respond to you know, any yeah. number of issues. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the distinctions would be that, uh, at least in my mind, and, and I, I could it could be disagreeable, you know, whatever. I, I think, but what helps me categorize and label things, which is helpful for me, is that our doctrine is is uh, theological. 
whereas our worldview is more philosophical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and so it, it, now those two things should be tied closely together. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and which is why I think sometimes even, even Christians will reject the concept of worldview because it is, it is yes. uh, relegated more to the realm of philosophy. And they're like, you know, what is, what is, uh, what does philosophy have to do with theology? Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of. What is it, uh, uh, Tertullian, that said, "What does Rome have to do with Jerusalem?" You know, <laughs> um, what does politics have to do with religion? Mm. Uh, kind of thing. And 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 that question. And, and here's the difference: our doctrine doesn't necessarily answer that question. Our worldview answers that question. Yeah. Um, uh, so, be, because in in our doctrine we understand that um, that we are. Uh, sojourners and pilgrims in this world. Right. But we're also as residents of this world called to pray for our leaders, knowing that our leaders are God ordained and that, that certain things are happening in the realm of politics and they don't catch God unaware. So, so, so in all of those things, our, our doctrine leads us to, to some theological things with regard to that, but our worldview uh, determines how we process those and, and, and where we, uh, where we weigh those in our hearts and in our minds and, and, and that kind of thing. That's just, just me that's thinking good. out yeah. loud. No, there that's good. Absolutely. No, that's, that's really I think helpful. that is really good. That's helpful for me to think through that. Mm-hmm. And I think this would be a good time for me to encourage you. Uh, like you said, we need to understand who God is from his word too. If you're just listening to our podcast for the first time and you're here, it might be a good idea to start with our doctrine series actually, and listen <laughs> to those before this one. I sure. would say that, um, the things we're going to get into, uh, need to be ch- founded on theology before we start talking about right. philosophy. So it might be good to have an understanding of those things before we get yeah. into cultural issues. Yeah. yeah. So I think even some of the, the criticism, we may bring this up later on, but even some of the criticism of Paul, uh, people that, that have of Paul is the Acts 17, um, chapter where he seemed to rely, uh, he seemed to, to rely some, some on worldview and philosophy rather than, uh, rather than the doctrine yeah. of the gospel is because he was, he was in a foreign place <laughs> yeah. l- looking at foreign gods. And, and for me, I just see that as an evangelism moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. but, but others don't necessarily see it that way. Um, my so, man was slaying down their idols with their own words. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. But he was using, he was using their philosophical yes, their, thought. The way he was using argue. their worldview yes. to yes. back them into an orthodox That's understanding right. of doctrine. Yeah. So, uh, it's amazing. It's literally amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think, oh, I think yeah. that's how that, that's how that plays out. And this, the nuance between the two has been, has been played out through, through the, throughout the history of, of Christendom, even, yeah. even recorded right. somewhat in scripture for yeah. us. Yeah. Something else interesting to get a biblical worldview for me to work on developing a biblical worldview. I, I, I go to doctrine, not worldview. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. That, that's another difference yeah. I think of yeah. is like, that's your doctrine focusing on yeah. that and, Forming that is what will naturally yeah. lead into a biblical worldview. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, secular conversations about worldview talk about metaphysics and right. uh, ethics and epistemology, and, and our doctrine is very concerned with all of those things. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah, right. That seems like a pretty good place to close for today. Amen. Thanks for listening to Coffee Rants and All Things Christian. Don't forget about the form on our website where you can send us questions at pbclc.com/slash/podcast. Follow or subscribe to us and leave us a five star rating. We'll see you next time.